the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show, and I'm just so happy to be with you today. It's a blessed day. It's what we make it, isn't it? It's life is what we make it. And we can have tough times. We can have great times. It's all in how we look at it, what we believe to be true, uh, you know, what the future holds for us, and all of that matters. And I have to tell you that just sometimes just um, meeting a new person or uh, gathering some new relationships, uh, maybe even a switch in our belief system, and all of these things matter. So time, let's just think about time for a second, can we? With time is, we only have so much, but we don't know how much so much is. I know I don't. I don't know when my time is up. I will tell you I have goals, and my goals are, I want to live till I'm 107. I'll just be be honest with you. I, I want to live till I'm 107. I don't want to live as a burden to anybody. I want to be healthy and happy, uh, but I want to live till I'm 107. That's my goal. Anybody that knows me knows that that's my goal, and they think it's uh, pretty incredible. And some people think I'm crazy. And either way, I guess we'll see, won't we? But not for a while. I got some life to live and minutes to burn and all of that. And so do you. So the question is, is, you know, do you have a goal? I mean, how long are you going to live? Because I do believe that whenever we set a goal, it kind of sets a stage on how we're going to live our life. Uh, If we're going to live our life according to the way God wants us to live it, then we might be making choices different than if we didn't think about that. If we think that we're only going to live till we're 60, then maybe we'll uh, be a little harder on our bodies. Maybe we'll do things a little crazy. Uh, If you're going to live longer, then maybe you're going to have to eat better in order to be healthy enough to live longer. I don't know, but all of the decisions we make and who we hang out with and, you know, what we listen to, uh, what we read, who we surround ourselves with, those things all matter as to how we spend our time And what is that going to create moving forward? The Lord talks a lot about time. And there's a gentleman that that I just have to bring up. It's a side note. And it was recommended that I bring it up. And I'm just going to bring it up right now. There's a gentleman that's uh, putting, posting things on my social media, on my radio show, saying, do you ever speak of Jesus? Do you ever talk about that? Are you really a believer? And so on and so forth. And I have people in the radio business and in ministry that say that's good. And I'm like, why is that good? Because you're they're stirring it up. And then you have a chance to to speak out or not. Uh, it's your choice. And I wrote back and I just said, do you re- even really listen to my show? Or do you just want to stir the pot for no good reason? And so listeners, I would ask you, anybody that's listened to me any length of time, do I use 
the Lord? Do I say Jesus? Do I say that I pray and who I pray to and where I find my faith and my hope and trust and, you know, God's promises and provision and protection? Do I speak the name of Jesus? And the answer is, yes, I do. And do I believe in Jesus? And yes, I do. And so I think I'm taking care of this issue of this person who says, do you ever say the name of Jesus? I also say that the power is in his name. And I talk about the battles, spiritual battles and how the battles are won. And speaking the name of Jesus loud and out loud is so important to fighting that battle. So when I look back at what I say and what the Lord leads me to say, I think that I can sleep well at night knowing that this person who's confronting me with a situation, I can check and balance and say, I'm okay. I'm good. I believe that I am speaking the name of Jesus and that my words I'm praying are his words and that the message that he has for you is not my message, but his message. Now, the Lord Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they do use people and people's stories in order to get the point across. He did it all the time in the Bible, and he's still doing it now. And I have to say that the people that he uses in the Bible are not perfect people. They're sinners, just like you and I. But he still uses them. There was a time when I felt like I should not be on the air. I felt like there were people telling me that that I should not be on the air. And so I went off. I went off the air and I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to be on, you got to let me know that I'm supposed to be on. And I got a call from the station. I think it was two weeks later, three weeks later. And they're saying, when are you coming back? Are you coming back? And it was during the time there was been two times actually. And I said, well, I'm just kind of waiting on the Lord. I just want to know that he wants me on the air. It's not me. It's not my ego. It's not me. Uh, I never planned on being on the radio. That was not in my plan. (laughs) But here I am 13 years later. And uh, they said, uh, there are people very upset with us at the station. And I said, they are? Why? Because they think we took you off. And we have to explain that we didn't take you off. And I said, really? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, then I guess I'm coming back. So I feel like the Lord has, and it's for a time, okay? I don't know what the time is. You know, I, if you would have told me that I was going to be on the radio, I would have said, really? No, really? And then I would have said, if you would have said 13 years syndicated, I would have said 13 years, really? And going. So I don't know what my time schedule is because it's not my time. It's his time. And I am doing what he's asking me to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time on the air. And thank you for people that are asking those questions, because maybe it's opening up something for someone that's going to help them understand just where this faith and hope comes from. And, you know, it doesn't just come from the word. It comes, I mean, the word meaning faith as a word. It comes from the Bible, the word, and it comes from the Holy Spirit where we get our faith and our hope. So. I'm hoping that helps. So time. We're talking about time. So I've got some things here that have been printed out for me and I just want to get through this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. It's just it's just going to take some time. Time will heal. How many of you have heard that? Or simply with time, my dear, with time. Time is powerful. It heals, it transforms, it renews, it dulls and it decays. 
It raises rulers and silences them. It turns infants into the aged. It chisels the face of mountains and then turns them to dust. And as humans, we are all its subjects. We feel its effects and are subject to its demands. One of the most tangible tolls of time is the manner in which it weighs upon our relationships. I don't relate to my parents the way I did when I was in elementary school. In the same way, I won't be able to relate to my one-year-old daughter the same way I do today in several months from now. Time demands relationships to change. The change being characterized less by goods and bads and more by difference. That's so interesting because when my child was one, my older sister, Debbie, she had Justin, who was a year older. And me being a young mom, young moms out there, I just felt overwhelmed and tired. Yes, I did. And I know there's moms out there listening and I can relate. And so can other moms. So I called my older sister, who I wasn't really that close with, but because she was going through similar things, but ahead of me, I decided it was a good thing for me to call her and just ask, Debbie, does this ever get easier, was my question. And she hesitated for a minute, and she said a very wise sentence. It doesn't get easier. It just gets different. And I thought that was so wise of her. And that's exactly what happened. And every step of the way in our mother-child relationships or even our marriages, significant others, is time changes things. Whether it's we become wiser or the situation just changes because of the outward experience. For instance, uh, you know, thinking of young mom, And uh, they're only one years old. They're not potty trained yet. They're learning how to speak. They're learning how to crawl. They might be learning just basically almost trying to walk. And, you know, we're not going to talk about car keys at that time. But my biggest concern when I had my son Tyson on his birthday, first birthday, when he was just born, the thought crossed my mind and the visual crossed my mind of the day I was going to hand him the car keys. And this fear came over me like you would not believe. Because parents, we do have control and we can protect our children as long as they're within our our arm's reach, our care. But the minute you give them those car keys, that's when all of the training that you have put forth for those children to make intelligent, smart decisions that's when it really shows. And that's when you have to just say, okay, Lord, this person is yours now. I've done all I can do to train them to make good choices up to this point. And when you give those car keys and they get in that car, oh my goodness sakes. Those of you that haven't got there yet, just know it's coming. And those that have been there, you're shaking your head. "Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, having roles and curfews and, you know, being considerate about calling and saying, I'm going to run late, mom. It's really a beautiful thing. It's very wonderful to know that your child is not in a ditch somewhere and bleeding, but that they're just running late. 
And I think it's very important that we do that with our our little children and the times change. And that was the point of that story. And I hope for some of you, it gives you encouragement to just know that when you have to say no and you have to discipline and you have to, you know, um, make rules that you understand that it's for their own good, that it's going to keep them safe when you're not there to protect them as much. And that's when faith and hope really shows itself because you have to put all your faith and all your hope in our heavenly father to protect our children, right? The question needs to be asked, how does God relate to time? In what ways does time affect our relationship to him? One of the loftiest and admittedly most puzzling doctrines for us as temporal creatures is the timeless and eternal nature of God. We often assume that the eternality of God refers to God's immortality, but this fringes on oversimplicity. So when you're thinking about this, the permanent and immutable state, a perfect possession of life without any variation, it comprehends in itself all years, all ages, all periods of ages. It never begins. It endures after every duration of time and never cease. It doth as much outrun time as it went before the beginning of time. So how does this affect us in our day-to-day life? How does it affect us? God's actions and relationships, we who are tethered and bound to time in every conceivable manner are often confirmed and disoriented by this lofty view of God. It's true, right? Because there is no element of time with him, even though the Bible has stories and time. It just seems like it goes on forever. I had asked my assistant to pull up scriptures that talk about time. So I want to give you some of these scriptures. And as the Holy Spirit leads, I will intervene with um, a comment or a story or whatever. And, And here's one. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. I had an employee come in today, and she's just overwhelmed. There's been a lot that's happened to her, and she's one of those people that just gets it done. I could relate to her totally, is that, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, you still have to get up, and you have to get at it. You can't just sit back and say, woe is me. You can't really, like I told her, it's like, I don't have time. I don't have the luxury sometimes to just feel what I should feel. I I have to kind of put that aside because I have to put my warrior on and I have to take care of whatever it is I need to take care of right now. So it's like, I feel like uh, Charlotte O'Hara in Gone with the Wind saying, uh, you know, that's too much for me today. I'm going to deal with it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes. It's too much for me today. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. And all the while, the Lord is working details out. And if we put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, He is better at it than we are, and sometimes time is what it takes. Sometimes we're called, as this meeting that I had today, to say, I'm getting what I'm tolerating. I'm getting what I'm tolerating. I need to have healthy boundaries. So with healthy boundaries, you're saying, okay, what part of this do I have any control over, and what part of this am I supposed to handle, and what part am I supposed to give elsewhere? Like, I'm going to give some of it to God, maybe, maybe all of it. All of it is his really. But if he's entrusted me to manage and he's given me the gifts and the tools to manage, 
then it's my responsibility, just like he gives talents. You know, it's like, we, what are we doing with those talents, those gifts? So if he's, if he's made me, given me the responsibility of doing something, then it's my responsibility to do that. But all these other things, and this is what I was ex- explaining today, is all these other things that are coming on, if we take that on, are they really something we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to focus on what we are supposed to focus on? And the answer is obvious, isn't it? Is that I told her, it's like, I could do, I could try to do everything. But if I did that, something along the way is going to suffer. This is in relationships, no matter what relationships you're in. There's certain things that only you can do. And a good time manager understands that, since we're talking about time. And to maximize and do the most with, we need to focus on what part of this is mine and what part of this should be somebody else's. And you can even determine, as I told this person, you determine who's better and what they should be doing until they determine that that's what they should be doing if they're not good in this department. Does that make sense? I think it does. So we need to humble ourselves to say, you know what, I could do it all, but am I supposed to? No. The answer is no, you're not supposed to do it all. Okay? They talk about in church about, you know, 20% is doing 80% of the work. And maybe that's because we're not allowing and we're not giving other people responsibilities to do their part. In my workplace, I feel like the same thing's happening. We've got 20% of our organization doing 80% of the work. Okay, I'm getting what I'm tolerating. I'm seeing that this is happening, so now what do I do about it? In your family, I can tell you with my family, I had two little children, and I'm supposed to teach them responsibility. That's what we're supposed to do as parents. Train them up in the way they shall go, and they will not depart from it. And even if they do, you have belief and faith that they're going to come back. Parents, if your children have strayed, Stay faithful. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Keep praying for them. It's not over till it's over, right? So don't give up, okay? Do what you're supposed to do. Hand over to God what's God's, which is everything. But do your part. Do what he's directed you to do. But for me, with my children, is I needed to teach them responsibility. I needed to teach them the value of the dollar. I needed to teach them how to be a good steward with their money, with their time, with who they choose to spend their time with. That was resp- I was responsible to teach them consideration, manners, being kind, to share, to think before acting, delayed gratification. That's a big one. That came up repeatedly, especially for my son. Delayed gratification. That was a big one. But we're, we're called as parents to teach. We're called as leaders to teach and coach and mentor. Each one of us can help another person. There's times when I get blessed by realizing that there's been um, a lesson taught and caught that I even I, I wasn't even aware that I was part of the teaching. And then all of a sudden it's revealed to me that I was part of the teaching just by living my life. Because there's people watching that I don't even know are watching. And the same goes for you. There's people watching how you respond, how you act, what you say, what you don't say. And it matters. It so matters. 
The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's Mark one fifteen. Repent and believe the good news. People say, Sue, where, where do you, how do you believe so strongly? How do you do that? And I said, I, I could say it's from the word and believe in the word, which it is. It's in the word. But it's from personal experiences where I, I just know that I just know that God was there. Today, I, um, I was given lunch, and I was going to eat alone, and all of a sudden, a person says, hey. And I said, hey, do you want to eat with me? You know, come sit down, because he had, he had food in his hand. And I said, come eat, come eat in here. So we had the most lovely conversation, and I don't believe that was coincidence. I believe that was a, an assignment. It was a, a, an appointment, a, a God appointment. And it was wonderful. It was very wonderful for both parties. I think we were both blessed by it. Here's another scripture from for you. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How many listening right now are in a time of need? How many of you? I mean, if you could raise your hand. How many would raise their hand right now? You're in a time of need. I don't know what the need is for you, but I have good news. God knows what your needs are. He hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears your cries. And it might not feel like it right now. How do I know that? Because I've been where you are right now. I've been there. And during the time, I'm like, where are you, God? I don't feel you. I don't sense you. Have you forgotten me? Have you forsaken me? Where are you? I keep asking, and you're just not showing up. And then a little time goes by, and things work out one way or the other, sometimes not the way I think they're going to, and that's okay, too. And then I find out he was there all along. He was all always there, but I just didn't sense him at the moment. And that might be where you're at. You might be in a dry spell. You might be in a, in a time where you're just not feeling it, and that's okay. It's okay because he is there, and he's listening because he says, Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Ask, and you shall receive. That's what he says, and his promises are true. Are you asking? Are you seeking? And are you knocking? Here's another one for you. When you pray, do you always know that your prayer has been answered? Do, do prayers always get answered exactly the way you want them to? And the answer is no. But are they answered the way they're supposed to according to God? Yes. So if our faith is in him and he is taking care of you, then you just have to, you can rest assured that he's there and he's watching over you. And it's a wonderful thing. This is the Sue Free Show. Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. And we will uh, begin again in a few minutes for part two. Thank you for listening. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
Lady, what's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to suefreeze.com. That's suefreeze.com. suefreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for Ecola. E-C-O-L-A. Here to serve you from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. I have listeners that are listening to the Sue Free Show in San Diego. Thank you, San Diegans, for listening in uh, in Orange County. Orange Countyans, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please spread the good news and spread this show. I want more people listening to this show. Uh, Venturians, LAans. I'm missing something. San Bernardino, Riverside, Santa Barbara. San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria. Oh, man, it's so exciting. I don't know if I've missed anybody, but if I did, I apologize. But thank you for listening in to the Sue Freeze Show. And freeze is spelt like fries, I know. That's what it is. Anyway, so Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word.com. If you go to the website, when you go to the website, you will see 13 years of podcasts that you can listen at your leisure. You can listen when you want. You could share something that maybe somebody needs to hear and you think the messages will be good. You need to just share them with other people and let them, uh, you know, look through it themselves. Also, the I am's. There's so many years where I was listening to the wrong words. I was listening to um, parent, a parent, a, a family, friend. I was listening to the wrong people telling me what I was when really that isn't what God says. So what I'm telling you is there might be voices in your head that you're, you know, you're listening to saying that you're something you're not. And the best thing you can do is replace those messages with the right messages. And the right messages is what God says you are and who you are. And he says things like, uh, you're you are, you are an ambassador to Christ. Does that change your position as far as how you act? If you think of yourself as an ambassador of Christ, does that change how you handle yourselves 
when you're with people or even, you know, who you are when you're, no one's looking. You're an ambassador to Christ. Would you change things when you totally take that in and believe that? Ambassador. That's a pretty big word, isn't it? And it has responsibility attached to it. And that's just one of the I am's. I am forgiven. How about that one? I am forgiven. There were years where I was living in a time when um, I, I knew I was called to forgive. And I worked hard at doing that. People that really didn't deserve to be forgiven in my life. I had trespasses against me and were called to pray for our enemy and pray for those that trespassed against us. And I had to work hard and intentionally to correct my unforgiveness in my heart towards those people. How dare them do what they did to me? How dare them do that to that person over there? How dare them? But God's telling us that we need to forgive them. And the measure you forget, in the measure you forgive others, is the measure you will be forgiven. Ooh, think about that for a second. It's not in my notes. Someone needed to hear that. That was big when I got that one. That was huge. So then the next step, after you've worked hard at praying for your enemies and forgiving those that have trespassed against you, and we've all had them, I'm sure of it. We all have our stories. But you know, you're really not hurting that other person at all. You're only hurting you, your internal being, your health. You're hurting your spirit. You're keeping you from being broken, you know, breaking out of the chains of bondage. You're hindering your freedoms of receiving all God has, Jesus has for you. Think about that for a second. That's life-changing, if you ask me. It was life-changing for me. But the next step after you've gone through all of that is forgiving yourself. I found it easier to forgive others than I did to forgive myself on things that I chose to do that probably weren't the best choices. And we all have those too. And God says, we will all fall short of the glory of God, meaning we're all going to sin because we are sinners. But his grace is sufficient and he loves us anyway, unconditionally. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he uses each one of us. And he's created you for a specific purpose. And as long as you hold on to all of this negative stuff, he can't really utilize what he created you for maximized. He cannot maximize the gifts he has until you work on you. Work on you. Have the Lord search me and know me, O God. If there's any evil way, pluck it out. Psalm 139, somewhere. Psalm 139. Search me and know me. There's no one that knows you better than our Heavenly Father. And he loves you anyway. He loves me anyway. That is amazing. I find that great. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Is that you? Are you waiting for him? A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times. How many of you have friends that you don't feel are loving you? I do. I have some friends that I feel um, maybe aren't loving me. And that doesn't mean they're not telling me what I need to hear because I'm, I'll receive that. I'll receive that. 
the Lord tells us to love the person and hate the sin. So for me, I evaluate my relationships by those that love me and hate the sin, but love me. And it's a big deal. And I, I ask the Lord to help me determine that because I am open to anybody that sees something, a blinders or some fault in me. I want them to let me know in love, in love, not judgment, but love, because I think it's important that we are learning and we're humbled and we're learning all the time. And that means even receiving things that are not so easy to take, you know, those painful realities that maybe we don't see. We've got blinders on to our own personalities, our own knee-jerk reactions, and we all have those too. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with someone letting me know what those are, and uh, it's up to me what I'm going to do with it, right? But And, and for me, when other people, um, when I feel like they have blinders on or they're not seeing things, how I handle that is so important. And for you too, because I have to think about, and you do too, if you really want things to work, is what's my motive in my stating this situation? What is my motive? If my motive is self selfish, then my motive would be wrong. If my motive is to help other people, if my motive is to uh, help people be in the right place at the right time to receive what God has for them, then I feel like my motive is in the right place. I might still handle it incorrectly, that's true, but my motives are in the right place. So my heart is intentionally loving. Ask yourself that when you're dealing with situations. Ask yourself that before you open your mouth, before you send that send that text or that email. Ask yourself those questions. Is this selfish or selfless? He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know I can't. I mean, life just keeps going, doesn't it? It's pretty amazing to think about. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Okay, that's a really good one for me to remember. How about you? I mean, that's one I think I need to memorize. Let us not become weary in doing good. How many times do we get burned by doing good? I can tell you story after story, personally, of where my heart was in the right place and I did the right thing and it still came back and it just didn't turn out very well. But I'm called to not become weary in doing good, meaning I have to continue doing good even if it hurts. I have to keep doing good even when I'm fearful that I could get burned again. And that's what it's saying to you too. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. This is for married couples, I think. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. That is on marriage. It's uh, for the marriage couple. 1 Corinthians 7, 5. 1 Corinthians is a great uh, book to read. And so is Ephesians when it comes to relationships and marriage. The whole Bible is great, but those two... Uh, speak into those relationships. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. 
Okay, that was John 7.33. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. There's a good one too. Are we making the most of every opportunity? I have people that are doing things that I don't know if they're ministering. I don't know if they're significant. It's not for me to judge. Um, It's not always about making money. It's about significance. So if we, if what we are doing is doing more than just having a good time, but creating a significant difference in people's lives, then I would say that was a good thing. And I think the Lord would agree. I, I, I think so. I'm not to judge because I'm not in someone's head, but the Lord knows our thoughts. He knows what we're thinking about. He knows, he knows if they're pure or if they have ulterior motives. But what are we doing with our time? And is our time, are we maximizing every moment? This speaks to me because I'm a maximizer to begin with. I mean, it's, it's what I'm about. Reader's Digest, you know, don't, don't give me all the he said, she said, and then and that. And, well, you know, just tell me, tell me the, the crux of the story. What is the message you're trying to give me right now? And if you need me to come up with solution, let me know that. And then I can help. And that's, that's just me. Everybody has their own way of dealing with things. But mine is time is valuable and I don't like to waste it. So um, I just want people to get to the point. And that sounds kind of mean sometimes, but it's really not. It's just that, you know, if you have something you need me to do or somewhere I need to be, just let me know and I'll, I'll be there and I'll do it if I feel it's the right thing for me to be or do. And I'm telling you this not for my sake, but for yours is because you have to decide what what your gifts are, what your talents are, what your purpose on this earth is, so that you can maximize your time. You are listening right now to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. This show has been on for 13 years, and I talk about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. I think time falls right into the category of one of those, if not all three, because it takes time to do any one of those things. So our time management, I just find that when I'm, there's two things that come to mind with my business right now with the cola um, that keep coming up is, are we using our time as wise as we could? Does it take two people to do that? Or could one do it? You know, I'm always saying that it's like, okay, why are we sending that to that person when that person, this other person is the one that actually is going to deal with it? Why don't they just call directly to the person that's going to deal with it? We don't need to be talking about all of this. It's just talk. And it's involving more people than it needs to happen. So I'd rather just go to the person that can do something about it. You know, that's my maximizing um, spirit. But it's also, let's just time management. Let's just, let's just do things in the right way. Don't waste time. Time is money. So that's the, uh, the time aspect of it. And there was another section to that that I was thinking about was... Oh, man. Stop that clock for a second. I'm trying to think. What was the other issue? What was I thinking? What was I talking about? Do you know? I was talking about time management, but I was talking about... um, Oh, my gosh. Brain cramp. (sighs) That's so weird. I don't know what I was saying. Okay, I got it. Thank you. On my own. 
Thank you. So time and how we spend our time, and then the other one that comes up repeatedly is communication, speaking to the right person about the right things. You don't talk about things that matter with people who care, right? You can tell a story to somebody that has no, they, they don't really care about the story. It's not going to affect them one way or the other. And they can't do anything about the subject matter to begin with. So really, it's just tying up time that's not well spent. So those are the two things, is time management and communication. That seem to be the two areas uh, in our business that seem to come up repeatedly as we could be doing a better job. So I don't know about in your relationship, in your ministry, in your business, maybe this could help you too, but evaluating how we could be better at those things could help us in our day-to-day walk and in being more profitable in business or being more productive in our ministries. So all in all, it's a good thing. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's like out of every mess, there is a message. That's what that reminds me of. And it's so true. It's that we're thinking about right now and getting through this trouble. But as time goes on, we realize that this could be something that could benefit others by telling that story. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Why am I bringing that up? That's Romans. The time came for the baby to be born. Okay, just in that, I mean, we could say baby like a baby, a human baby, which uh, my, my second granddaughter just turned one. And I happened to both of my babies during COVID. There was a let up to where they let the daddy come in for the delivery. And actually, mom got to be in there, too. First of all, I had to make sure that my daughter was okay with me being in the room. And then the my son-in-love had to be okay with me in the room. So both babies so far, grandma, mommy has been in there to help any way I can direct, um, pat, wake up, uh, you know, just whatever, hold a hand, get a, a rag over the forehead. But a time for the baby to be born. There's other things you know, when, when we are birthing a new idea, we're birthing a business, we're birthing a new ministry, is that everything has a time and there's preparation involved for all of it. So when we're going through life and relationships happen, communication, how we use our time, is that it, something that was brought to my attention after, like long into my marriage of 32 years, is that our marriage is a ministry. I had never thought of it like that. And you guys listening, you might go, yeah, duh. But I never really thought of it like that. I know that I, that we were role models for our children and that we wanted there to be a good role model. You know, like, how should a mother be? Our kids are watching. How should a husband be? Kids are watching. A good role model so that our kids can grow up with that security, knowing that the love is there, but also the security to know, because you're not taught these things in school. You're not taught how to handle money. You're not taught delayed gratification in school. You're not taught uh, about marriage and, um, you know, just so many things that we're not taught how to shop at the grocery store and how to be better stewards with our money, you know, how to shop for the better foods, you know, nutrition. We're not taught these basic 
basic things from school, these need to be taught at home. I used to take my kids to the grocery store. They'd be sitting in that little seat. And I would actually go over math with them because we would look at ounces versus pounds and how much is this one, how much is that one, which one's a better buy. And my son, to this day, when he's dating or whatever, the date will say, oh, my gosh, I can't stand going to the store with him. I'm like, why? Because he has to study every single product. He has to figure out what the best deal is. And I'm giving him a high five behind her back. I was like, good job, Tyson, way to go. And, and she's frustrated. And that was a while ago. But anyway, but she's frustrated because they have to spend a lot more time in the store. But parents, we're, we're supposed to be doing these things. We're supposed to teach them these things, how to open a door and, and how to be considerate and put the person before ourselves. We're called to do that, parents. How are you doing? How are you doing in that department? How are you spending your time? Put your phones away. I have a friend, and I've said this before, and she's abrupt, very abrupt about this. But you know what? I was at a, a lunch thing, and we were in um, North, South Myrtle Beach. We were in Myrtle Beach, Carolinas. And I'm sitting at the table with her, and I didn't know her that well. And I'm running a business. So re- regardless of where I am, I'm on my phone nonstop. And she gets up and sits at another table while I'm sitting there across from her. And I said, well, what are you doing? And she says, well, you're not paying attention. We're not talking. You're not paying any attention to me anyway. Why should I sit there with you and watch you do your work? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was so mean. And then I'm thinking she's absolutely correct. She's absolutely right. And so I put my phone down. I put it on silent. I put it down. And then if I went to the restroom or something, I'd sneak it in there and I, you know, I'd check my, my emails. But I wouldn't do it in front of her. And then she says, you know what I do at home when people come visit? And I said, no, what do you do? And she says, I have this little fun box that I have by the front door. And when people come to visit me, I let them know our cell phone rules are that you can put it in this box and turn it on silent. You put it in this box. And when you're ready to go, you can get it and go home. But while we're in this house, we're going to pay attention to each other. And we're going to have live conversations. And we're going to enjoy each other eye to eye, face to face, smile to smile. And I thought, that's abrupt. And it is her house. We're going to, you know, in her house, it's her house rules. And I thought, you know what? I have a box like that. I have not done all this like she's doing. But I'm thinking, you know what? Not a bad idea. How many of you have gone to a restaurant and you say men and women, husband, wives, boyfriend, girlfriends, and they're both sitting there and the kids too. And they're sitting there in at a table, you know, facing each other. And all of them have their heads down and in their phones. And they're sitting there at a table. My favorite times growing up was when my family would sit around the table and we would talk about what's your high low, what's your high today, what's your low today, and we'd go around the table, what's your high today? And they'd have to think about it for when their time came to talk about what their high was and what their low was. And we learned so much. It didn't happen often. When I was growing up, we didn't do that. I learned that from my children, and we did it, and I loved having our time. High school gets hard because we have athletic events. We've got soccer. we got this and that, whatever. And so it gets very difficult to have that family dinner time. But I have to tell you, a, a family that eats dinner together stays together. A family that prays together stays together, and a family that does vacations together stays together. A lot more than those that don't, at least. So... I highly recommend that you pay attention to how you're spending your time. Pay attention to the people that you have 
in your room, you know? I mean, be present in the present. Put your doggone phones down. They'll be there when you want and when you need to when you're by yourself. But you need to put your phone down. And I'm, I'm telling myself this, too, because I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I am totally guilty as charged. It kind of takes over. And this social media thing is just, I don't know, it just has some type of um, spell that gets on you. And it just kind of takes over sometimes those YouTube videos and the TikToks and the whatevers. And they just kind of roll and you just keep watching them and watching them. And I'm going to go to bed at this time and I end up an hour later. Oh, my gosh, what to do with that hour? I know you know what I'm talking about right now. Maybe you don't. And you're going, oh, man, you know, you're supposed to be a good manager of time. I am a pretty good manager of time. But just think how much better I could be if I wouldn't get pulled into that social media stuff. It'd be even better. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? Don't you just love that? Some of you do. Some of you don't. And then you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why do you love it or why do you not? Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. How about that one? That's a good one, isn't it? Love it. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. It doesn't, you don't have to stop at one, but be a blessing each and every day. And I will see you next week. God bless you. And Facebook Live. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.